The sun is shining. It's glistening off of my microphone as I speak to you. Welcome back, my friend. Welcome to our fifth class of the Elysium Aesthetic Course. Never settle for the first taste of success. How's it going? (laughs) I know that you are working hard. We have our three worlds that we put our focus on. Artistry, instrument, and craft. In your artistry, every single day, you're building muscles that take care of you, that have your back. It's resistance training, right? You're looking at your day and you are up against the part of you that wants to say, there's no answer to these three questions. Oh, let's just accept the general idea of the things that we know or these moments of magic. You're doing the work. I know you are. The work of specificity, the work of a productive perspective peering through that Elysium lens. You're doing the work. How is it going? Uh, When it comes to your instrument, oh boy, you have two full practices. You're investing in the handoffs, stage to stage, of surrender and acceptance. I can only imagine that doing nothing, doing nothing, that first stage in our physical practice, I don't take that for granted. There's intricate levels in letting go, in being and existing. The idea of breathing, not breathing it in, but allowing breath to fall in, the choreography, finding your way into a standing position, spins and rolls, my name is the exhilaration of confession. You are doing the work. Yeah, you are doing the work. When it comes to your craft, not everybody would be the sort of artist who cares to show up ready the way you're willing to do it, the way you're willing to put your effort where your mouth is. Those three live-throughs are a testament to your spirit, your Olympic spirit. The fact that you let all those questions pour out for 10 minutes, and then 10 minutes of knowings, and then you get back to it and you sharpen it, you're doing the work. You're doing the work. Yes. The fact that you then have a menu of memories. There's a lot of memories, I can only imagine. Memories that then launch you on these adventures that you go through in pockets of your day. What, in the shower? When you're making food? When you're on a break at work, when you're walking to your car, when you're sitting in the park, I mean, you're finding ways to tuck in this menu of experience, of live-throughs throughout your day. You're doing stuff. You're doing work. You're working hard. I am impressed. Now, when it comes to trait work that we opened up that door last class, what are we talking about here? Developing a regiment, a regiment for you to grow into character, something exciting, something intense, something elaborate, something that gets you there on time. You're doing work. You have got a decent amount of personal crafting work, things that you can do to show up ready to live when game time shows, when it's the audition, when it's rehearsal, when it's performance time. Heck yeah, in a big way. You're doing the work with that Olympic spirit, and I'm proud of you. Olympians, though, they know when they've put in a good full day of training. They get something that we actors deserve, but it's not so easy to come by. After that full day of training, when they have worked out, they can leave their practice facilities with peace of mind. They can recharge for their next session, knowing that their work is done. It's different for us actors, isn't it? When an actor first experiences any taste of success... Immediately, we all face a crossroads. 
Are these the signals that are coming from our daily body and the intellect, trying to fool me to accept some sort of end to something that should still be ongoing? Or are these the signals of success that are coming from my artistic truth, my talent, my uniqueness, what I'm looking for in the first place? The question that we have Unlike those Olympians who shower, change, and get to go live life or rest or recharge, our question is, do we dig deeper? Or have we found the finish line? Finish line. What a thing to be even talking about. It's just, we're in art. It's not math. It's not the sciences. It's not like we could say, great, three plus three was the challenge we were sent home to work on. Our answer is 84. Great! Listen, we could be wrong, but there's something that lets us know we're done. In acting, that finality, even again, even if the answer is wrong, there's so much doubt there. It's art. It's subjective. Whose truth are we really after over here? It messes with the whole process when you can't trust that the process is over, that you've reached a finish line. You don't even know if you were running the right race. You were doing all of this work, but maybe you were running in the wrong direction. What a feeling. What a thing that actors face that Olympic athletes do not. If we want to find success, life success, moment-to-moment, rehearsal-to-rehearsal success in our personal crafting work, one of the most important drivers of that is developing your barometer's ability to know when your work is complete, when you have earned excellence. Knowing that in your barometer, knowing it's done, because your barometer is telling you, and also knowing when to forage fearlessly forward, because it's not finished yet, to keep going. What a thing to have, that type of trust, that instant ability to go with what our barometer is telling us, to have our barometer know the finish line, to have our barometer know that something here is false, something here is incomplete, there's still potential under the surface, drive forward fearlessly. Why do I say fearlessly? Because where are we going? We're going from a place of some sort of a knowing, something that probably could be accepted, into the unknown. That's what we're doing when we're moving forward. When we never settle for the first taste of success, we are moving to the unknown. We're not accepting the peace of knowing that has shown up as a destination, as the finish line. We're moving into something that we haven't found yet. The unknown. And boy, oh boy, the filters and the guards of our friend DB, they're built. They're built to protect us from the unknown. DB is all about making sure that things that can find us that we weren't ready for, that there's some way of buying us that extra time, some way of controlling the world around us so that we don't get shocked, caught off guards. There are guards, there are filters built in, and each and every single time we're gonna taste any type of flash of success, DB and the Int are gonna flood us with encouragement to end this crazy feeling of the unknown, to settle on the success that we do have. DB and the Int, and their plan to take over our world. Gosh, this is their time. During our personal crafting work, 
DB is active and engaged and consistently triggered, always losing its mind, little DB over there. What's doing that? What is it about personal crafting work that drives DB so crazy that DB feels that he has to take over the entire world? What is it? What are those triggers? What are those things pushing on DB? The first is our old friend expected results. <laughs> it's such a huge thing. Someone is counting on us. Our collaborators are counting on us. The fellow actors all around you, they're counting on you. Your directors, everybody is counting on you. You're there, you're hired, your job to them is to deliver the goods. And those goods are results that sometimes they're very clear what they're asking you to do. The form is very clear. Expected results mean that when a flash of success is going to come, wow, why would we choose to reject that? Expected results means that we owe it to deliver the goods of those results. That's what we're hired for. That's why someone chose us, brought us onto the team. When something successful shows up, DB and the Int are going to do everything they can to make that case to us. They're not saying choose something not as good. They're not saying settle for something that's bad. They're saying, look at all the reasons this works. What are you thinking? Rejecting this putting this to the side and entering into a place where now we have no guarantee that you'll be able to get those expected results. Here you have it. You have people that are counting on you. It's very seductive. They're brutal too. They play on our insecurities, DB and the Int, but no matter what, they make sense. The other thing that's driving DB and the Int crazy over here during our personal crafting work is the taste of the unknown. In our daily life, the second we leave our personal crafting work, when we leave our acting work and go back to living life, we're going to go back to DB and the Int being fully in charge of all of those unknowns, navigating us away from them, doing everything they can to bring us right to a knowing as surely as possible. So yeah, we sleep at night, but what are we talking about? 15, 16 hours of second-by-second second DB and the Int being in charge of making sure we're out of the unknown? So in our personal crafting work, we're explorers, we're creators. We start with wondering, and we're building something. We're breathing life into ink that just sits there on a page. How are we going to get there? How is it going to be full? How is that transformation going to be complete? It is an unknown and every second that we live in the unknown, we're living in a time where DB believes this is what I do best, taking care of you. Where the int says, this is where I come up with my ideas and they take care of you. The unknown is their time, 16 plus hours of the day. The other thing that drives DB and the int crazy in our personal crafting work, the time crunch. The time crunch. If there was no timeline for our work to get done, expected results would not be that big of a worry because we have all the time in the world to get there. The unknown? Well, yeah, that's terrible, but because there's no pressure whatsoever and we have things that we can do, we'll get there. But the time crunch. If you're given something, a script, something to get started with, and you only have minutes, hours a day to get ready... If you have a scene or show and you don't have the rehearsal time that you need, you don't have life surrounding you with abilities to work on your personal crafting work, that schedule is pulled and it's pressure and the expected result has with it a time crunch. The unknown has with it a time crunch. And it's always there until we cross the finish line of making it on time. 
We can't just say, I'm not going to worry about DB and the Int. We spend all day with them having our back. For us to just imagine all of a sudden, this is no big deal. Don't worry about it, DB and the Int. It is a big deal. How much do you care to be ready on time? How much does it matter to you when you walk into an audition room that you do well? How much does it matter to you that you show up and are a good teammate for your cast, for your crew, for your directors and writers and designers and stage managers? How much does that matter to you? I'm guessing it matters a heck of a lot. This really matters to your life. And so DB and the Int, they're going to be on high alert in this acting realm to have your back in the ways that they know how. Almost all day. Look at what we have in this big old mix. In this big old tug of war. On the one hand, we have an intellect and a daily body that's willing to settle and say, right now we have something, let's do it. We're there, let's make this into the expected result. On the other hand, you have an instrument and it's only facing the unknown. It doesn't have any proof that everything is going to work out. That's a tough position to be in. On the one hand, you have a yearning to embrace your instinct. Something shows up, you want to grab it. You want to grab it and say, that's something that came from my soul. I want to invest in that. I have a fear of betting against myself. I don't want to reject that. On the other hand, the tug of war, there are levels of untapped potential. Somewhere, right? Somewhere below the surface, there's more. Well, how do we know that? How do we access that level? How do we know what to do? What is the answer? Never settling for the first taste of success. Never settling. Never settling. And never settling for the first taste of success. How do we do that? What's the muscle of that? Good news, we've been building that muscle daily. It's the muscle of the Elysium lens. Productive perspective. Forward when others would find a destination. Forward. There's more. There's an answer. It's going to come our way. When others would say, that's it. There's a challenge. There's a question. There's an unknown. I can't see beyond that. When we taste that first taste of success through the Elysium lens that's become a habit in our soul, we look at every unknown, every question, every mission that we're on as an actor, we taste it through the Elysium lens. And for us, it's not an endpoint. It means that we know something is coming our way. There is a little dude on a surfboard, a wave of positivity amidst that tidal wave of doubt that there could be any more. This is the taste of of success. Roar! But that Elysium lens is really, really good at spotting that little dude going, whoopee! Yabah! Here we go! Drive it to success! <laughs> We're building that Elysium lens with muscle building precision. When I think of muscle building, I think of flexibility and I think of strength. Strength to hang in there amidst that roar of doubt. There is no more answer left. Yabah! That's the strength of hanging in there. The flexibility comes from adaptability, not having blinders that there's only one way towards an answer. Some sense of curiosity, some sense of adventure. These are the things that we infuse into our Elysium lens. That means that we love looking at something to find the next level. Our Elysium lens, at its core, is going to create an artistic direction out of a cliché destination. If we didn't have that Elysium lens and we were tasting this first taste of success, it's a destination. How could there be more? No, there isn't more. No, it's too hard. But because we have that Elysium lens, something sparks with that 
unknown, with that what's next. And we taste artistically. What are we doing? We're connecting our barometer, removing the bridge that's forged in our intellect telling us to settle right now. We're breaking that and we're reconnecting the bridge, tapping that straw into our artistic truth. The artistic direction means that we are connecting our barometer right into that artistic truth of ours. We're keeping that connection so we can continue to go down that bridge and get to that knowing, that click of knowing. DB and the int settles, the acting instrument's barometer knows. From the first time we taste any unknown that is specific, which means it's really tasteable, not some idea of the thing, not some general sense of what the question may be, when the question lands, our creative spirit will search all the paint that we have, and mix up all of the colors. It gets to work searching for the click of knowing, the right combination, the right mixture of all those paints in our palette until, yes, I get it. I believe I get it. Anytime we wonder about something, a window is going to appear, a portal into our artistic truth, into all of our knowing. The thing is, though, with this portal, that first taste of success, while clear communication from our creative soul, from our artistic truth, it's also being translated somewhat by our intellect. We're deciding that we want to know the answer now. The question has landed. We're asking ourselves the question. We're tasting that question. It's in our personal crafting work. We want to do this work right now, placing ourselves in front of our work, however that may be. We're sort of saying, right now I want the answer. And you know what? Every single time we taste something, what we actually know, the direction towards that answer, as best as our creative soul has figured it, is going to show up. But because DB and the Int are right at the ready, ready to grab onto that and turn an unknown, drag it over to the cliche knowing. Because of that, every single time that first taste of success shows up, that portal flashes, it's always somewhat translated by the intellect. If we settled for that, the rest of the puzzle, big, important pieces of our artistic truth, that professional separator, that uniqueness, that part of us that only us can play that character, they're going to be left behind. We're loyal. We don't leave any piece of our artistic truth behind. No way. By choosing to never settle, by saying this is the mantra of who I want to be, this is the mantra that's going to inspire, that's going to motivate my Olympic spirit to show up and say, what do you mean settle? No way I want to do the work wherever it is, wherever you give me an opportunity to be able to do work for a muscle, I'm going to do it until it's mine, until that mineness, that fact that I have personalized it, unleashes what I'm about, why I deserve, no, deserve, why I was meant to play this role. I have something to give this world. The puzzle pieces of knowing, they're all coming together subconsciously, underneath the surface. When our Olympic spirit shows up, it's because we trust in that process. It's showing up because we still are curious. If we weren't curious, the doors of inspiration would slam shut. It's showing up because we trust. It's showing up because we're genuinely curious. We genuinely have some sense of wonder at what more is left inside of us. Without that wonder, without that trust, we could not ignite that Olympic spirit. 
Never settle for the first taste of success, a motivational mantra that knows the click always comes, fueled by trust, fueled by curiosity. Never settling for the first taste of success is a way for you to stand up and say, I embrace the structure, I embrace the pacing, I embrace the language of my creative communication. The click is going to come. It's like being an awesome parent, not asking your child to be someone else, saying my child works this way. This is how they get themselves to success. This is the pacing in which it gets there. This is the language my kid uses, even if it's different than yours. I love my child. I want to nurture that growth. I see you. I know you. You have nothing to prove when it comes to me. You keep growing. You keep doing your thing. And I trust that you're all we need. Yeah, be an awesome parent for this growing up part inside of you, this clarity that's coming to fruition, this puzzle that's coming together in your subconscious. It's easy to be a good parent for your creative communication, for your creative soul, because you know that you can do anything. When the know-how of what it takes to never settle, but to always drive with trust, with curiosity to that finish line, to that click of knowing, when the know-how for you gets matched with the capability, when you feel those clicks of knowing and you go, oh my gosh, by never settling, I always did get to that click of knowing. It becomes so simple. What are we worried about with this unknown? I can do anything. But there is a space of time. A pocket that we want to focus on. A sweet spot right in there. What do we need to ignite that Olympic spirit? To make sure that it grabs hold of the process from the DB int settling clichéness and drives us with its work ethic, with its joyful work ethic, to the finish line. That sweet spot is going to call upon us to keep curiosity alive, to not slam those doors of inspiration shut and find a finish line, but rather to ring the bell and say, game on, further we go, forward we march. Our job to keep this curiosity alive is to forge inside our Olympic spirit a sense of adventure. A sense of adventure until that click comes. The sense of adventure is the sense of loving the journey, loving this adventure that we are on. That is such a key to the ease and efficiency of flicking on the light switch, flicking on the light switch to go from the seduction of settling to the roar of adventure, to the roar of forward we go. There are more levels. They are unknown. We don't have access to them right now. But you know what? Game on. The adventure continues. Here we go. I mean, what is that for you? Having a sense of adventure in your Olympic spirit, genuinely loving this journey. Wow, that will give us all the time we need to build the trust in the process, to get to the inevitable click of knowing. Adding a sense of fun, adding a sense of adventure to the journey. Ah, 
course that makes it easier. Of course it changes the entire aspect of the fork in the road. What fork in the road? There's only one process. There is nothing but joy, excitement, interest, curiosity, and trust in one direction. In the other direction, you get to be done a little bit earlier and spend all the extra time that you would be doing foraging forward, worrying, and doubting. So I don't really think that there's much of a fork in the road. There is one path forward until the finish line, until that click comes. In our Elysium aesthetic, all muscles build on each other. Each time that we trust whatever version of our creative communication shows up, we're not mocking it, we're not judging it, we don't want it to lose confidence, to run away and hide, we are embracing it, we're giving it a big old hug. The puzzle is always going to take shape in its own way. Kids grow up in their own way. We love you for who you are. We believe in you. We trust in you. Each time that that trust shows up with whatever version of your creative communication lands on your radar screen, each time you add some sense of adventure to that Olympic spirit, each time you go past settling for the first taste of success and getting to that click, you are building the habits to work not from the cliche, but to work from your fearless artistic truth. Which means we get to know our finish line in the work. We get to earn the peace of mind of being done with our work and putting it aside. We get to earn time to recharge, to recharge everything that's necessary for this powerful work. We get to recharge. We get to earn excellence by never settling for that cliche translation, but instead knowing. Knowing that we are working from our artistic truth, from the professional separator inside of you, from your uniqueness. Our plan is to do what we do best, to know, to grow, to access, and to apply. We want to know our personal resistance to never settling, to not trusting that click. We want to know what we're up against. We want to know what makes it easier for us to move forward. We want to know the fuel for the fearless forward. We want to grow. We want to grow the muscles of going from never settling for the first taste of success all the way through to the click of knowing, our finish line. We want to make those muscles something that shows up now, something that we can build now. Knowing and growing is all there so that we can access and apply this ability to be able to take our characters to the next level because we have a muscle inside of us that knows how to push us further all the way until a finish line that we can walk away from, that we could say our work is done. I am a big fan of what we get to do here today. I am a fan of finish lines. The hard work needs to be able to be put aside. We have to have something that makes us go high five, we did it, we feel good, and now we can let it go and live life. Today is going to be about unlocking that know-how inside of you, making it something that we have capability with so that you can access and apply this wisdom in your instrument, this wisdom in your barometer that we will build so you have a companion with you, a teammate that you trust that's going to drive you 
until you cross that finish line. Our target is set, knowing and growing our ability to fuel forward and find our finish line amidst the pulls of safety cliché that we taste from our daily body and our intellect. When we return from our first break, we'll open the door to all of this wonder in our artistry section. Introducing to our world something that will forever be able to drive you forward, 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 no matter what you're facing. 